Welcome to Ladies Who Launch, not your average business podcast. Dropping every other Wednesday, Alyssa and Dakota are two successful and opinionated marketing entrepreneurs engaging in insightful conversations with industry thought leaders, as well as casual conversations surrounding our lives as entrepreneurs. Welcome, welcome to another episode of Ladies Who Launch. Today, Alyssa and I are back in the studio and we had to figure out how to set up all of our equipment again. We are the absolute worst. And I don't know why we can't figure this out ever. It's full Zoolander moments every time. The other day, I found our first episode ever on my phone. Mine's still there too. And I, I've tried to delete it like multiple times, but why? I think no. I just, because it takes up space on my phone. Oh yeah. Okay. But there's, I think it's, fine. We're, it's possessed because it will not let me delete that audio file. So sometimes when I get into my car, it will just come on because <laughs> it'll just go to whatever was on the phone. And let's just say that we were, we've come a long way. We really have come a long way. I still enjoy re-listening to it every now and again. I keep saying that we'll put it up, but I don't know how to transport it out of iTunes to give to Alex to put onto the cast. That's a good question. We should actually just get Alex to produce an entire episode of our bloopers and crazy edits and we totally should and our bad takes and our bad takes do you feel i feel like like i'm a phone sex operator with this thing (laughs) as we talk into microphones with headsets and i feel like we're just in a whole this is a different world than zoom it is so beautiful to be across the table from you Alyssa and i are also currently sipping on some lovely bubbles and we're about to dig into some of the best donuts in the city um if you guys haven't heard of Bebop Donuts in Mission, get down here. You're missing out. Bebop. Any, Bebop. It's in the old Tivoli Theater, which is from like the 1920s. That's where Florida Cell is, right? The, yeah, it's really beside. Good, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so anyway, welcome back to another episode of Ladies Who Lunch. We're going to kick it off here with a bit of a rant from Melissa. Yeah. Okay. I don't know why I'm the queen of rants lately, but I think- my, I love you, but you're the queen of rants. I am the queen always. of rants. So I can't get into this entire course culture that is happening now in the world of digital. Like everyone's got a course and not disparaging anyone who has a course because I'm sure they're all super awesome and you put a ton of work into them. So kudos to you because I'm too lazy to ever think of doing that. But what is the deal that every person wants you to sign up for their course or sign up for their e-newsletter list with for a freebie? Um, I understand the importance of marketing lists. I mean, I, this is what I do for a living. But I find it all just completely overwhelming and that everyone has a course. And I think everyone in our sector, in comms, PR, digital thinks that that they need to have one in order to sort of be in the, I don't know, with the cool kids. Like, I don't really understand. I'm just, I just see so much of it now and everyone's selling a course and everyone's doing this. And again, kudos to you, but I'm not buying them. And I'm going to tell you why. Because I would be broke if I had to buy every course 
that every friend, colleague, or whoever is putting out. Because I get emails about these things all the time. I'm doing this or I'm doing that. And I'm like, cool, but I'm not paying $300 for that because 10 other people have also asked me to take their course for $300. So, Or come to their conference. Or come to their conference, right? Um, So I think people need to keep that in mind too, because you have to remember that you're not the only one doing it. And you're not the only one that is soliciting your network to take your class and that they probably had eight other people ask them for their courses that day. And I don't have the funds. I'm, I'm, uh, hey, happy to support. We do, like you do you. Yeah. But I'm not buying them. (laughs) I think a couple things. So I agree that it's, it's been a lot lately. Like every time you pop onto social media, there's a new masterclass or course. And I think some of them are really cool. Yeah, totally. Um, but if you don't have a well-defined brand yet, I think it's one thing to for sure use your network to your advantage. Because when I started Social Centric, one of the first things I did was email my you know, black book of contacts. And that's how I got my first six clients. So definitely there's going to be some people interested. But again, like figure out a way to set yourself. And I say this all the time to you guys. I feel like, you know, figure out a way to set yourself apart. Like look at what other people are doing and do something better. Do something more innovative and exciting. Um, and and consider that into what you're offering as well. And then also, if you've already got a well-defined client base, you know, maybe consider not sharing this with your private network and just offering it up to your clients. Or doing it in a way... So for instance, um, we are actually rolling out some... I don't want to call it coursework because I'm still developing it and developing it. And that kind of term doesn't really sit well with me. But what we're going to start to offer is training essentially, which could be coursework, um, in certain components of social media that people are looking to learn about. Um, but I'm not going to message Alyssa and be like, oh, hey, I'm offering this course. <laughs> and it's like, I might say to Alyssa, do you want to be my beta test? <laughs> like, But again, like I'm probably not going to post it out to my friends and family. No. You know? And well, then I'm also going to consider the fact that there are 30 other things out there that are similar to me. So how do I make it less sales orientated? Yeah, I think there just needs to be more thought put around this because I think... It's the same with anything that when things become popular or successful and people are making money off of courses. And again, you do you. Like, yeah, if you're making money, that's great. How about her? Yeah. Um, that everyone then needs to do it because they see somebody yeah. like there's no doubt that these courses and master classes and masterminds and all this stuff can be successful. Yeah. But I think we're at the point now that the 2.0 of this needs to happen. Like the people that maybe were at the front end of the course life Mm -hmm. need to now start reinventing this. Or if you're thinking of, of jumping into the course world right now, maybe think of doing something a little different because I think that, I think we sort of, at least in my view, and I'm sure somebody will tell me I'm full of crap, which I probably am, but I think we sort of hit peak course life I agree. It's kind of all over the map. And that actually kind of segues really interestingly into our topic of conversation for today's cast in the sense that we want to talk to you guys today about when is it time to fold or change direction in your business? Like the gambler. I feel like we should be playing Kenny Rogers. (laughs) Know when to hold them, know when to fold them. 
No one to walk that's, away. No one to run. That's what we're calling this episode. <laughs> no one to hold them. No one to hold them. Yes. Yes. So I think I, I personally have spoken with a lot of people over the last couple of years who... Um, I don't know many people over the last few years that are like, I'm in love with my business that I originally started out with. Because especially people in marketing, the landscape has changed so much. So much so that um, like social is a completely different story now. Uh, media relations is a totally different story now. You name it. And people are... you. I think the reason why there's so much coursework um, and courses being offered is because people are like, well, I'm going to take the most tangible skill that I have and I'm going to offer it up in the form of a course because I don't know what to do next. So how do you decide when is it time to hold and when is it time to fold? What do you think, Alyssa? That's a good question. Um, well, ABC turned seven this this month, this past month in April. Yeah, it's a big, it's a big milestone, I would say, for someone who basically just decided to do this on a whim. Um but I don't think I'm alone and I don't think you're alone in in the some of the thoughts we've had in the past few years, certainly since COVID, that maybe this isn't the path forward anymore. And I think probably there's a lot of people that are listening that have had their their businesses and it's been such a huge, huge struggle these past two years. And it doesn't necessarily even just have to be in our sector. I mean, obviously restaurants and multitudes of businesses have struggled through this and you start having those conversations with yourself about like maybe a maybe a stable paycheck and maybe just a a job where you can go and leave and not worry about it is the way to go and 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 I think maybe a lot of us and I know you've had these thoughts that sort of start dreaming of that corporate life again and it's like oh that just seems so nice and straightforward and simple and and I think where I've landed because uh, I've certainly had those difficult conversations with myself because through COVID, I will honestly say that I have not liked what has happened in communications um, in our sector this through COVID. Um, I don't think I like the the direction that PR comms is, is taking. Uh, I think I did a rant about this on our last episode about... Um, these journalists that are leaving journalism and getting all these high senior level comms positions with organizations, which is completely um, bullshit. And it is because we wouldn't be getting jobs in newsrooms. Um, And so it's been a, it's been a tough go. And I, I I have a few friends who have left both being, both left their own business and gone back to corporate. Um, A couple have gone back, gone to agencies. They've left like communications PR completely and gone um, into agency. And what their end point was um, with my one one friend that went to an agency just recently and, and closed her business was the that she has kids. And so her husband is also a contractor. He contracts to his company or the company he works for. So he's not like a business owner, but he's a he doesn't get benefits or things like that. He's still a contract worker. And I think for her through COVID, um, she came to the realization that her business wasn't going to come back, her consulting business. Uh, she worked She worked a lot in stakeholder relations and um, facilitation work, that kind of thing. And she realized that it just wasn't going to come back. And she's like, I have kids, so I can't like diddle around with this and I need to bring in money. 
And if going back to, or changing careers really, completely going into agency is best for my family, that's what I'm going to have to do. And it could be for three months, it could be for six months, it could be for six years, who knows? But she realized that her business wasn't coming back. Now, I can't say that. I mean, first of all, I don't have kids, but I can't say that my business hasn't come back. But my business certainly isn't what it was before. The clients I'm working with are not the same. The industries I'm working with are not the same. Because, of course, tourism and culture, where I spent most of my time pre-COVID, don't really... Well, tourism is just starting to come back. But so, I mean, my business has changed to working with more government Um, I'm working with more nonprofits, um, working with clients in the environmental sector. So it's been interesting shift from a, from the, the type of work I was doing and the type of people I was working with, but that still doesn't mean that I'm looking at what Alyssa Berry Communications is right now, or ABC as we call it, is right now. And I'm happy with the state of it or the state of me as the owner of this company. But I can honestly say I'm not I'm not at the Foldem yet. I'm still at the Hold'em mm-hmm. stage. Mm-hmm. And I'm not my friend. I mean, I have I don't have those other pressures of family and kids and stuff and trying to f- support that. So I have a little more freedom in that range, but I'm also I'm also not ready to say that I can't see where this can go. I'm still in the mindset that this can still evolve. And I'm still of the mindset that where I'm sitting, where I was sitting seven years ago when I started this business and where I'm sitting now is obviously completely different. So I can't very well in good conscience say that a year from now, it's also going to be the same. So I'm still in hold them. And I don't know the answer to when I would know to fold them. I think there would, I, I think knowing that I am working for yourself for for seven years and and not being in an office and not having people to answer to, I know in my in my head that I am way too feral to go back to an office situation and like have a boss and stuff. Yeah. So I would have to be in a very we're just unemployable or I'm, I'm unemployable. Yeah, we are both <laughs> unemployable in the general sense. Yeah. but I would have to be in a very dire state to. Like I would have to have like no clients in the prospects, no, and that hasn't happened, nor do I see that happening. So the idea of of folding would be a completely personal one to me. And it would be because I wanted to pitch it all and go live in a yurt. And it would be completely lifestyle-based and less about the business. So I'm probably not a good person to ask, but... I love this answer because it's, well, personally, I really identify with everything Alyssa's saying right now. She and I are in the exact same spot. But yeah, I think, I mean, if you're somebody who's really thinking about this, and I think there are a lot of people thinking about this, I think the way that we've seen things go is people have left their corporate jobs entirely to open their own thing. Maybe that thing survived over COVID, maybe it didn't. Um, and then now I'm seeing a lot of people actually go back in house, which is really interesting mm-hmm. to me. Um, and I've seen a lot of my clients too hire in-house um, because they have so much stuff that they can't afford a consultant. Or in some cases, it's actually less expensive to have a consultant. But for whatever reason, they've gone back in-house or they've brought people back in-house. Um, so if you're somebody who's considering this, like 
there were some really great nuggets of information in there. Um, is your reason personal or is it financial? Mm-hmm. Right. And either of those reasons are plausible and totally fine. But really considering, I think, I think the things I've been asking myself personally are things like, does what I do every day still get me out of bed in the morning? Am I excited about the future of the thing that I've built? And do I think it has legs to do something greater and better moving forward? And for me, um, it's kind of like a 70-30 split right now. Like I would say 70% of the time, I'm super jazzed to get out of bed and do what I do. And that might seem low, but it's been a slog, people. Yes, it's been hard. (laughs) Um, And then 70% of me, I would say... um, really actually I would say 90% of me really thinks like from a prospect standpoint and just like doing really cool stuff with what I've already built is is going to be huge. Um and I think I think that there's a like this business still has a lot of legs. Um but I have had my moments where actually Alyssa asked me a very interesting question and we'd like to ask our audience the same question today. If if money wasn't an object, what would you be doing right now? And Alyssa and I answered this do do we want to tell yeah. her? let's tell let's tell our people you go first. Oh no so if money was no object, what I would be doing right now is running a hobby farm. And to some people, maybe that they're laughing right now, those that know me. Because yeah, I'm not, I'm not a traditional farm person. But the reason I'm saying this is because I strive for the quiet and the solace of like an acreage or a farm. And I would love to like have alpacas and sell their wool and make and have alpaca shirts and like have a store on Etsy or some crazy thing. And some awesome alpaca sayings. Right. Like quotes. Quotes. From the, um, from the clearly, alpacas that don't talk. How this, how this situation works is that I would have a handsome farm operator. Of course you would. Yes. Or a number of them. Or a number of them that would run and like feed the alpacas. And I would be um, sitting on the porch with a mimosa and a book and enjoying the solace. But I mean, that's, I mean, if money was no object, I would totally I have this. a farm with a porch and just like be sitting out with a book and the birds and chirping and all of that kind of stuff. No, that's- the farm can be separate. But the other thing I did say, and this was always sort of my, the, th- the the thing that I never did that I wanted to, that I didn't, was to go back and be a teacher. And if times were different and I was younger and I, like, I, I, I am well past the time of wanting to go into a school and teach kids, but I would love to go back and be a high school teacher. And so I think when we're talking about um, how we're going to adapt this, and we can talk about that in a second, I think I still can have that teaching component in another way. And I still can have that sort of solacey farm thing in another way. And I will tell you how that happens in a minute. But first of all, you tell us. No, I want you to keep going. Oh, do you? Okay. Yes. Okay. So the solace farm aspect, actually, um, my best friend and I want to run a campground. That's, That's our retirement plan. And she wants to own a campground and we would run it. And um, because her husband is a contractor and can like make all the fix everything. And I would run the marketing and the front of house and she could just, yeah. So that's, that's our, our goal is. So that's where the solace and the sort of running our own show come into play. Because of course you don't, 
and I'm sure people are listening thinking, Alyssa, you hate people. So why would you want to run a campground? Uh, <laughs> because the people always change. You're not with the same people all the time, right? And when this people is, are camping, they're generally happy. Right. Unless they're backing their trailer into the spot. Right. Well, then, then you help. Then whatever. they're fighting. So that's where the solace comes in the campground. And then what was the other piece I was talking about with the, the teaching um, is that I'm going to investigate teaching adults and teaching either continuing ed or... Uh, I have a lot of experience to bring to the table. So if I can't, if I've passed the point of wanting to go to a school and teach kids, why not teaching adults about PR and marketing and media? So. Oh my God, that's fantastic. I loved all of that. I'm excited for this campground. I'm going to come pitch a, yes. pitch a trailer up It's there. happening. We're already looking at campgrounds. So I'm just saying. What? Uh-huh. Hey, how have you not talked to me about this? Hello. I have okay. to have some secrets. But anyway. I guess. Very offended So right what are now. you doing if money was no object? So if money was no object, the first thing I'd be doing is buying one of my many dream properties in Calgary or California or both. And I would beta test a um, design company, not just interior design, but a multitude of things within this company by flipping these two houses and getting into the nitty gritty and learning all the ins and outs of what goes into renovating a home. And I would specifically work with very old, decrepit properties to really understand the costs. And because, of course, money is no object in this scenario, um, to understand all the shitty and good things that go into renovating and flipping a very old property. And then from there, I would take some of what I learned and I'd go back to school and I would obviously take the coursework necessary to start a design firm. Um, where I would also integrate real estate and mortgage brokering with the many amazing people that I know in that industry already. And I would start an all-female cast design firm that integrated all of those things. Well done. Thank you. And I also love teaching. I wanted to be a teacher at one point. And so part of my retirement plan, hilariously enough, is also to maybe just become a sessional instructor at like Bow Valley or SAIT. Can we... (laughs) I know, well, I know for a fact that some MRU professors listen to this podcast. Oh, really? I think so. Well, just gonna my say friend that. is an MRU. <laughs> just going to say. Props, I know um, he does. <laughs> yeah. I'm an alumni, so I know people. And, <laughs> I but know people. What is the process for this? I think this is the next step is I have to actually figure out because I don't have a master's. and But when you have 20 years of of actual experience in this to bring to the party... I don't know how this I don't know how this works, but I'm gonna figure it out because yeah, who wouldn't want me teaching? I'd be the <laughs> best friggin' content teacher in the history of the planet. Do you think do you know the amount of gossip I can share? Oh my Industry God. gossip. My class would be lined up with people who are working in PR now who just want to <laughs> know the dirty ins and outs of what's going on in the PR sector of Calgary. I also just think. On like a lighter note, you could really just add value to a lot of young people's lives, Alyssa. Because, okay, one thing I'll say about Alyssa is she's very invested in this amazing, beautiful thing that should have happened years ago when it comes to communication. And that's the diversity and inclusion piece. And I think Alyssa has a lot to offer in that capacity. Um, And I just really could see her shaping and supporting a lot of students who are new to the country, frankly, and people who may not have the means that other students have. So I could see her really having a place somewhere like at Bow Valley or, or Saint, mm-hmm. particularly Bow Valley. Um, and actually I'm an alumni of Bow Valley as well. That's where I took my PR diploma. And I went to school with, uh, I did a lot of my coursework with a lot of kids who 
either did not have the means necessary to go to a big post-secondary institution, or they didn't have the grades, or they like just really frankly weren't given the chance. Um, And I've seen a lot of those people make amazing things out of themselves and do really cool stuff. And I think that Alyssa could really influence um, groups of people that really need a solid mentor. Um, And I also think she would excel anywhere else as well. But I also think that Alyssa would crack the freaking whip and she would make people really work hard. Oh, yeah. I have no time for nonsense. Yeah. So, like, that's why I think you'd be a great instructor. I know. I think that's what yeah. I, that's why I would have been a good teacher, too. I would have been... You really would have. I would have been the most popular teacher in the high school because I would have been the most fun, but the most badass, too. Like, no yeah. one would dick around in my that class. That English teacher that you remember... For like Mona Lisa smile style. Yes. So my English teacher in in high school, her name was Mrs. Harrison, Ingrid Harrison. And I think she went and taught at um, Strathcona Tweedsmere. Like she's in Calgary now. But she was that person. Like there was no, like no one would even dream of dicking around in her class. Like, because she just wasn't that person, but we had the best time in that class. She was open. We had the best conversations, but you better do the work. And people did because they respected her and they knew that it was um, a two-way street, right? Like there was, I mean, you can't crap the, you can't crap, you can't (laughs) crack crack the whip whip without also cracking it for yourself. And she was that person that like held her, herself to her own high standard. Yeah. Mrs. Harrison, if you're still out there, yeah, you're a great teacher. But yeah, I would be the most popular teacher in the high, whatever high school I taught at. Totally would. Um, I, told, I totally believe that. We're that. Missing this. Yeah, it's really. Can you just go back to school, please, and do all that? I am way too old for that. But then again, like if you wanted to do high school, I feel well, do like you really want to be a teacher now, though. No. And every every no. parent's child is a snowflake, and no. Tommy could never do anything wrong, and you'd have like these crazy parents that like would be emailing you a hundred times a day about whatever. No, I couldn't be bothered. Not at all. So there you have it, folks. You. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, honestly, though, this is a really good point in the sense that Alyssa and I have also realized, like, what would what would we do? I've had conversations very similar to this with lots of other entrepreneurs. And there are ways for you to take the things that you're truly passionate about and pivot them into what you want to do moving forward. Yeah, I if think... If you've lost your inspiration. If you're sitting two years into your, you could have opened a business during COVID and you're two years into it. Or you could have been like us and opened businesses well before COVID and still had had it affect your uh, business. If you're sitting right now and you're wondering, like, do I keep on or do I call it a day? Work through the process that Dakota and I have just sort of gone through. And it's like, if you can feel the passion for maybe take your business out of it or take the the business pieces because that's where I think we all get too wrapped up in and find, if you can still find the passion or the joy in pieces that you're doing currently that you would like to expand. Like, obviously I do a lot of speaking engagements. So I would, I find passion in that. So that's where that kind of teaching and more of that is coming in to play. So I'd like to sort of pivot and, and get into more of that. So if you can find if you still have the passion in in the pieces or the or things that you can see in your business, take a look at that and, and think like, can I can I take my business in that direction um, and not sort of be stuck where I am? But if you do sit 
in your thoughts and realize that maybe this isn't for you. Maybe, maybe being an entrepreneur isn't what you're cut out to do, or you, you, maybe you get offered a great job that maybe you hadn't thought of before. There is no failure. No. In folding. No. At all. Things happen for all kinds of reasons. And at no time should anyone feel like a failure or angry or anything about deciding to move on from their business. No, never. And lots of people have done it. Yeah. Lots of people. I was speaking with somebody the other day. I'm not going to name who it was because I prefer not to. But they've folded like two or three businesses in their time of being an entrepreneur. And they've now finally found their sweet spot and are making like good money. And they're able to live off of it. Yeah. And then some. So. And maybe it's even, I mean. It's that trial and error. It's trial and error. And maybe it's rebranding. Like maybe you need to rename what you do. Or maybe you need to rethink what you do. And you need to to rebrand that. And that alone, and maybe that process alone will create more inspiration and reignite your passion for what you do. Because just because you called your business Joe Smith Plumbing seven years ago, but you really are doing more electrical work or you're more into doing sort of more home builds than you are resident, whatever, doesn't mean you can't become Joe's Electric. Exactly. Joe's electric. She's like, like, she's like, I'm struggling to find names. I'm like, what are, what are we talking about? But yeah, I think, I mean, sometimes we get too wrapped, atta- up. wrapped up in it. Yeah, and attached. And attached because it's our yeah. ego. Yeah. It's our it's our life. It's our business. But sometimes yeah. you have to think outside of that and realize that, wait a minute, just like, just because I called my business yeah. social centric or Alyssa Berry Communications doesn't mean it has to stay that way. Because we're still the same people. Yeah. But yeah, maybe you don't want to do social anymore and you want to, yeah. Like sell artwork and you want to call it art central. Like, I don't know. Exactly. No. And and that's right. So um, on a closing note, we'd really love to know a little bit more about what you guys want us to talk about and guests that you want us to have on the cast. So if you're listening to this and you're like, oh my God, I know exactly who I want to have on the cast or a topic I'd like to quote and Alyssa to talk about based off of what I've heard please DM us at ladies who launch pod on Instagram or email us at ladies who launch pod at gmail.com. And with that, we bid you good night and thank you so much for tuning in and we'll see you next time. And maybe we will be sex operators next time or not. <laughs> yeah. We're kind of, we've discussed this, that maybe we should turn the podcast into a, like an Alex Cooper <laughs> style. No, 2. let's 0. not say let's, we've discussed this. Dakota this is Dakota has brought this. Can we please just become therapists? I'm sorry. My mother listens to this podcast. So that's just, a, that's so a, to our clients, but they know me. That's a, that's a, <laughs> it's a bridge too far, I think. Anywho. Um, if you want us to turn this into Alex Cooper 2.0, just DM us uh, at Ladies Who Lunch. <laughs> just kidding. Anyway. <laughs> okay. All right, guys. Have a great night. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Ladies Who Launch. Join Dakota and Alyssa every second Wednesday for more conversations and interesting guests. Be sure to give us a five-star rating and connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. If you send us a question, we may answer it on a future episode. 